This is Kenny and Heilprin on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Network. It is Kenny and Heilprin. Happy Tuesday. A, a rainy Tuesday, a somewhat disgusting Tuesday. I am a, a somewhat ill, feel like I just got hit by a train, Ben Kenny. That is Mr. Television star Zach Heilprin. Hello, Zach. Hey, Ben. How's it going? Good. Uh, Big Ten Network airtime for you yesterday. Very quickly. Very quickly. Yeah. All I heard was Zach Heilprin, Zone Madison. Yeah, I was like, yeah, that's you, my guy. You didn't hear you didn't hear the question. Oh, I, I listened to the question, but I was focusing on the intro on the intro. It was a good question at Luke Fickle's press conference, which is what we're talking about today. If you missed it, the Wisconsin Badgers have named Luke Fickle, former Cincinnati head coach, as the 31st head football coach at the university. If you missed it, I don't know why you're listening to this right now. True. Uh, maybe people are driving around and they've been living under a rock. Yeah. For the last 72 plus hours, we did a instant reaction show. You can find that up on the podcast feed on Sunday night, reacting to the news, giving our general thoughts. Now that fickle was introduced yesterday and we know more time is going by. And this obviously is real and it has happened. We are back to break down new angles of it to to discuss the general introduction, uh, which you were at yesterday. Does it feel still a little weird? It does. Like, I just, because Wisconsin has done things a certain way for so long, this just feels a little different, feels a little uh, off. And maybe that's, again, Wisconsin's done it a certain way. It's always been somebody Barry Alvarez related, and now it's not. And now it's, it's so it's different. It's exciting. I Don't get me wrong. It's just, it just feels a little different and kind of like, I don't know what to expect. And I think there's a equal amounts of excitement and, gosh, is this going to work type of thing feeling in a lot of people? I think that can be equated to, say, when your favorite NFL team hires a new coach or like an offensive coordinator, say, in the NFL that we have seen have a lot of success as an OC, maybe don't know as a head coach, or when a certain franchise that you may like in football drafts a quarterback, right? Like number one overall, where it, it may be, you may look at it, think perfect fit, okay, number one draft pick, and it's exciting because, you know, usually when you bring in people like that, it could mean great things, but there is a great unknown with it. I'm, I'm with you when it comes to that. It's been really fun for me because, number one, if they had hired Jim Leonard, uh, we would sit here and talk about it. We would know a little bit what the future would look like. And whatever he did at OC might make the offense look different, but generally we would know the defense would stay pretty much the same. The vibe may say you know, somewhat similar to what it's been like under Leonard. For me, I've been going back and watching Cincinnati football games. I, I've been trying to, to wet the feet with what it's looked like under Fickle there and maybe what we can expect to see at Wisconsin. So, yes, it is exciting. It is. Again, I, I'm not saying it's not. I'm just saying it feels a little off. It feels a little weird. It does. The first thing might be the fact that I don't think Luke Fickle wore socks yesterday. Which is amazing and awesome, and I love it. If I never wore socks again in my entire life, it would be the best thing ever. If, and why are people all freaking out about it? Barry Alvarez does it all the time. All the time. I've never seen Barry Alvarez with socks on. And he's always wearing the loafers <laughs> without socks. Or at least, you know, the no-show. So, heck yeah, sign me up. And I Sign me up. Sign me up for the no-sock thing. 
I would like to throw a quick flag on that. I don't care what you want to throw on it. I'm going to pick it up and toss it back at you. It's great. Is it, is it a challenge flag? A little bit. Throw it. A ch- throw a challenge flag. Okay, I'm throwing a challenge flag. It's great when Luke Fickle does it, but when PJ Fleck does it, it stinks. It's not necessarily that. It's just that everything about PJ Fleck stinks, and then that adds on to it. Yes. Okay. That's fair. That's fair. Um, and again, I, I don't. Ha- Here's the thing. I have no. I don't think I've ever said that I have a problem with PJ Fleck doing that. Like that may be his <laughs> one endearing quality is that he doesn't wear socks with shoes. Like I, I, I that's one of my that, breaking news. I have a positive thing to say about PJ Fleck. Not well, wearing socks is a positive. And you know his football team beat Wisconsin, and I guess he did an okay job preparing them for it. But a- after further review, listen to. That's a fine take. The ruling on the field stands. Did you know that PJ Fleck and Luke Fickle have some history? I did not. Where? At Ohio State. PJ Fleck, he was PJ Fleck was on that staff for a little bit. On the 2014 staff or before that? Before that. Okay. Because looking back and this is a story I figure most people don't care about. I was at the first college football playoff game ever where I was down in New Orleans with my family, visiting a family friend, and that was the Alabama-Ohio State Sugar Bowl. The first playoff game with Zeke going up against Blake Sims and Bama. The one year Bama had a bad quarterback. Zeke ran crazy. That was the year, obviously, Cardell Jones and Ohio State went and won the national title. Looking back, a little bit crazy for to wrap my brain around the fact that their co-defensive coordinator or whatever his title was at that time. Co-defensive coordinator. Is now Wisconsin's head coach. Yeah, P.J. Fleck was a graduate assistant on the 2006 Ohio State Buckeye team, uh, in which I believe uh, Luke Fickle was the co-DC that year as well. So they do have some history. Um, I'd be interested to see what he thought of P.J. Fleck in as as a young coach that probably had the same energy then that he has now and was probably just so annoying (laughs) so annoying and uh only spent one year again it's a graduate assistant so it's not like he's gonna be there for a long time but it was one one year stop for pj fleck i do wonder and this can transition into the introduction and everything that went on yesterday i do wonder under fickle where if jim leonard had taken the job we would have known what the lead up to minnesota would have been like like it was last week where Jim Leonard said, I, I don't like them because he's obviously a lifetime Badger. I wonder what the feel of those big rivalry games will be with now a guy that has not been at Wisconsin before. See, but Luke Fickle knows what rivalries are. Like he, he grow, does. growing up where he did, growing up and playing for that school and coaching for that school um, at Ohio State, he knows what rivalry is about. So he knows how important those things are. And, and it, I don't think that's going to be um, much of an issue. Um, but you're right. It does feel a little different because he didn't play in it, right? P, uh, Paul Chris played in it. Gary Anderson knew all about rivalries coming from Utah, you know, with the the Holy War and all that stuff. So they, I think people that know stuff about rivalries, it, it'll work itself out. The only thing Gary Anderson did that was horrible was the Freedom Trophy. So there's that. Which Wisconsin still possesses, proudly. Uh, they're lucky because uh, they'd be... <laughs> They're missing two, two or three in there. Yes. So let's talk about the intro, Zach. They have uh, a lot of, you know, a big setup and a big production. 
Luke Fickle's introduced. There are some speeches made. There is a Q&A with him and Chris McIntosh. There is then a media session with him and Chris McIntosh. First, before we get into your overall impression, what did you take away from it? If you had to drum it down into just a couple big thoughts, what did you think walking away from the first day of Luke Fickle's head coach? I'd have to say the connection that him and Chris McIntosh clearly have built. Um, someone what may, may, may have been Matt LaPay said they could almost be brothers just based on their history and, and all that good stuff. I don't want to go that far, but it's pretty clear that they have a same line of thinking, a same line of what Wisconsin can be and what uh, they hope to make it. And uh, I think that is kind of what, what stood out probably more than, than anything. And, and the fact that the guy that they went out and got, though he's not a Wisconsin guy, he brings Wisconsin vibes to the position. Um, you know, he, he is a, it starts at the line, the lines. It's all oh. about the lines. Grr. Oh. Uh, the game has a football. The game hasn't changed. It's still about all the lines and, you know, uh, the, the academic part of it and, you know, recruit and develop and um, not be a transfer, not be a transfer portal school even though you're probably going to have to be here, but transfer portal to fill holes that, that you may have. You're not going to use it to, to over, uh, overhaul your team every year. Like there are uh, a lot of, I think, things that really match up Wisconsin and Luke Fickle and why it, it makes sense. And I thought that was kind of what I got, the overwhelming feeling I got from, from yesterday. Quick on the transfer portal part. I think some people rose an eyebrow at that statement, saying that they want to be a developmental program, and the words of we don't want to be a portal school like maybe Ole Miss is or USC is until Riley builds it. He says that, but but his history has shown an ability to go to the portal and find real contributors. It's not as if he neglects it and just looks at his roster and says, this is who we have, maybe one portal guy. Like they, They've gone to the portal for three to four guys a year for a couple of years now. One of them, Jerome Ford, running back, is currently on the Browns. Like He ended up being a big part of their team. So when it comes to that, I didn't, I heard that comment and then I thought about it and I looked back at what he did at Cincinnati and all the portal stuff he has done has been very positive. It's not as if it's going to be neglected, but it was almost the exact same comments that we heard from Jim Leonard last year and Paul Chris to a a lot lesser extent, but we have holes and we're not, that's not how we're going to build our team. That's not how we're going to build our roster, but we have holes. We're going to fill it that way. And Luke Fickle had essentially said the exact same thing. He's not a proponent of the transfer portal. That's not how they want to build a team. But you're gonna you're gonna have guys here and there because you don't you don't get a chance to go into their house into their homes and meet them and, and grow with them and learn through with them as as you do in the recruiting process. So you're kind of having to make sure it's the right fit. It's exactly the exact same thing that we heard from Jim Leonard. Which I mean, this brings me back to what we talked about on Sunday. Hearing those comments, I already thought them as fact when it comes to recruiting and strength and conditioning and the way he builds a program like he's at Cincinnati they were not bringing in top 20 classes a lot of what they did was development and a lot of what they did was finding players that fit bought in and the system clearly works hearing him say those comments and I echo completely your sentiment about it fitting at Wisconsin well if you're going to find a not Wisconsin guy this is why I have said I don't think a Ryan Day could have great success at Wisconsin because I I don't know totally if his model of building rosters would work here. What, recruiting all the best players in the country? Yes. I don't think he'd (laughs) get all those best players unless Brian Hartline came with him and then Wisconsin also moved to Ohio. How much money would you 
send to Brian Hartline to be the Wisconsin offensive coordinator? Five mil, six mil at least. Oh, 100%. Uh, or, or even, I would give him the offensive coordinator job, even though the fact he has not been an offensive coordinator, just so we could get one of those receivers a year, <laughs> you know? And hopefully there's a quarterback to throw them the ball. But yes, I, I echo the sentiment of even though he's not a quote Wisconsin guy, people are so excited at that. He is a perfect mold for what you need to succeed at Wisconsin. I think that's the biggest thing because as I've tried to outline on Twitter today, as we've discussed, they're not going to go become Ohio state recruiting. They're not going to go contend with every blue blood program and take all the best players. They're going to have to do what Wisconsin has done yet. Try to do it better than it's been done for the last four to five years. I think that's a perfect guy to do it. So it's a perfect guy to do it. And they're paying him to do it. This is not a, Money that they're throwing at them is money to say, hey, we're all in. We're And the, the money's obviously not going to stop with Luke Fickle, but it, it's saying we're all in. I think that is, like, a lot of pieces of news that come out, we might overreact to, definitely myself. Yet, when we saw the contract numbers, Zach, like, that's something. It is, and I know people have people been trying to poo-poo it the entire day, and I... I I don't get that. Like people complained about it forever, forever. And they still do. It's still only like fifth or sixth in the big 10, which is, which it's not. Matt rule is making like an average of eight. He's making five million, five and a half million dollars this year. So Matt, so he's yes. Over the life of the contract, he's going to be making more, but this is going to be uh, Luke Fickle's going to be making more than him this year. The only two guys I can guarantee you right now are not making more than that are making more than, Luke Fickle next year, Ryan Day, and Mel Tucker. And you would expect, you would expect Jim Harbaugh. But right now, at this moment, his seven, he's 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 around right around seven. And that's the same thing with with Franklin. So unless there's changes, he's right up there with the rest of those names. And I think Wisconsin has long been held uh it has been able to pay for less because no one who's coming to get <laughs> who's com- who's coming to get uh, Paul Christ? Not too many people. So they've they've been able to pay it a certain way, but they wanted to go top dollar. They wanted to go top shelf uh, for a coach, and they paid for it. And I don't. It, again, it's not going to be the end of that. Most importantly, I think it signals that they are committed to winning in whatever way they can. Yes, and that might not become national titles. Like when I say when I, when I look at the contract number of $7.9 million or 7.8 average per year. And, you know, I I say they're now committed to winning. That doesn't mean national titles are going to come. It doesn't mean Big Ten titles are going to come instantly. But it does mean they are showing a commitment. And also you're going to see that commitment elsewhere. I I think it gives us more of a peek under the hood to what will come in recruiting and what will come in terms of facilities. That they're not trying to take the short end or the short route anywhere where they realize what is realistically needed today. Well, we already know what they're going to be doing facility-wise, right? Like they, the, what they did to the south end zone, that's the first time I've been in there was, uh, was last night. It's amazing in there. Like, it's a great facility. And we already know that the $300 million new practice facility that's going to have a whole bunch of new stuff, locker rooms and everything else like that, is a huge part of this. And I guarantee you, Luke Fickle, th- that was part of a selling point for him because it's not going to be that long. It's going to be a little bit, but it's not going to be that long before that's done and you're able to to have your facilities on the level of everybody else in the Big Ten. So when we talk about the the fickle introduction in general, you have been here for 
a few coach introductions, but you've also been following the Badgers for what the last four to five, correct? Following the Badgers, I mean, I grew up here, yes. So well, yeah, close I, enough to remember. My memory goes back to Barry Alvarez, so yes. Okay, so when we talk about Alvarez, Bielema, Chris Anderson, all, all the guys that have been head coaches, on a scale of one to ten, where does the instant reaction to Luke Fickle's introduction slide? Well, it's unfortunate because I don't think there was a, t- a ton of like, oh yeah, look at this guy, this. Pff. Notre Dame defensive coordinator talking about you better get your tickets now or you're not going to be able to like, yeah, come on, let's see that. But they haven't looked back and and knowing what Barry Alvarez ended up doing. That has to be at the top, right? Like when you, when you think back at, I didn't, I don't remember the press conference. I remember 1991, 92, that type of stuff, but I don't remember the press conference. So to me, that has to be at the top. And then I would say probably Luke Fickle at number two because he has he really really impressed me with how he talked, the way he talked, the the uh, the way he uh, felt comfortable even in a situation that's that's uncomfortable. So yeah, I mean he'd be at the top, uh, right behind Barry Alvarez. Uh, I would probably put Gary Anderson and Brett Bielema right there together just because um, you know Brett was here already. He didn't really have an introductory. I don't remember recall him having like this huge introductory press conference. Um, and then Paul Christ, uh, because, well, it was Paul Christ. And it was very understated, and Barry Alvarez was very much the uh, star of the show. Not a press conference guy, Paul Christ wasn't. But nope. the results were there, definitely, from the start, pretty much. They were. So, all right, a lot to get to today. Luke Fickle is the head coach of your Wisconsin Badgers. Zach, when we return, I want to talk about the realistic expectation. Because a lot of people have tossed around now what their vision for the program is, and now what can Wisconsin achieve in the next however many years. I want to talk about realistic sitting here before big moves are made, staff-wise, portal-wise, everything of that nature, before the bowl game. What should realistic expectations for Luke Fickle be? We'll talk about can, that when we return. Can I, can I just hit on this before we go to break? Well, are we going to talk about the college football playoff? When yes. You come, okay, cool. When we come back. All right. The playoff rankings are out. And we'll touch on them when we come back. The start of the mea culpa. Uh, And (laughs) at the end of the show, (laughs) I have some mea culpas to give out. That is why I I feel like I got hit by a train today. Feel very, very ill. I thought I owed it to the people to say certain things about things I have thought entering this season. So we will hit on all that next. Again, I feel like I've owned the things that I've messed up. And now it's your turn. Definitely. Oh, well, I've owned most of the things I've messed up. You'll see. We'll get to that at the end of the show. That's an extended tease. When we come back, expectations for Luke Fickle. College football playoff rankings were released. We'll touch on them. It is Kenny and Heilprin. This is Kenny and Heilprin on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Network. All right, welcome back in. It is Kenny and Heilprin. A reminder, we are live at Monk's Bar and Grill, Sun Prairie coming up 5 to 6 on Thursday. Likely we'll be joined by special guests. More information on that on Twitter. Uh, however you find news regarding the show. We'll give you updates on that. We have, again, our immediate reaction to the fickle hire up as a podcast. Search Kenny and Heilprin. Zach, you also recorded an episode of The Camp last night with Jesse Temple, uh, the great. Uh, you know what? 
I thought I should address this. Ooh. Somebody asked on Twitter. They tagged you, but I was also tagged as well as Jesse. Don't, don't ask this question. No, I'm not going to ask it. I'm going to answer it. Okay. Um, who does Zach like hosting a show with more, Jesse or me? It's clearly Jesse because he is far more intelligent than I am. He is more intelligent in terms of like, in, like knowledge of the team because he talks to people. Like, and he talks to like, like his his. See, this is not a shot at you. Oh, I don't take it. I just called him smart. He is smarter than me. He's a very good writer, a very good reporter, and uh, he's going to have a great article coming out all about like Luke Fickle and the the um, people that have made the impact in his life that he got here. So he got to type, he got to talk to Jim Trushell, the former Ohio State coach. He got to talk to Mark D'Antonio, the former Michigan State coach. That article will be coming here very very shortly. So, I mean, he he has that. That's what he brings to the show. It's fantastic. Um, it's it's. I mean, I like Jesse as a person, but I like him even more because he brings that type of uh, stuff to the program. Uh, you bring energy and ideas and, and, and bring all the juice to the program. Some, some ridiculousness, as you'll hear in 23 minutes. Yeah. My, the greatness of the camp is I just ask Jesse questions and he talks, and it's, it's great. We have back and forth. We, me and Jesse don't often disagree. Me and you often disagree. Very much Rock so. Rock'em, sock'em robots, I believe it. <laughs> Someone um, called that. So I urge everyone to check out that episode of The Camp. Zach and Jesse react to everything from Fickle's introduction, all of the nuances of what was said, what they learned from the press conference. Go find that. Search The Camp wherever you find podcasts. I mentioned it, and I am contractually obligated to note it, Zach. The college football playoff second to final ranking has been released. And as I put on Twitter, the internet in this building is out, having trouble load it, but it is Georgia, Michigan, one, two, and then TCU, three, USC, four, Ohio State, five, Alabama, six. Mm. So somehow, some way, we'll have four blue bloods. Yay. So exciting to me. Ah, oh, it's so great. Just the same teams. I can't tell you how uh, excited I am about. Uh... There may a couple coming up later, though, when, it, <laughs> when it, in regards to the, the four teams that are currently in the playoff. Yes, um, which, again, there are games to play this weekend. Uh, the team that, yes, I mean, USC has to play the team they already lost to in, and, in an awesome game, by and, the way. And TCU gets to play a team with a backup quarterback that I very much admire in Adrian <laughs> Martinez. Uh, undefeated TCU, TCU should still, uh, excuse me, one loss TCU should still make it in over Ohio State or Alabama, who would be uh, rewarded for missing the conference championship game, which is stupid, as is many things with the college football playoff. All right, Zach, expectations. Luke Fickle's here. We can look in the future and say, oh, he should do this in 10 years, and they better win this. You and I both said if we had to guess one way or another, would Luke Fickle win the Big Ten at Wisconsin? My gut says no, and that isn't a big knock on him. I just think it's getting very hard. When we look forward, I'll do four years, a four-year window, and maybe we could do five, so it's a full class that would start next year. What should realistic expectations be for Fickle's first five years, both on and off the field? Is that the question you're asking me? Yes. Well, all I can say is Chris McIntosh said, they brought him here 
and the idea of the new coach, they want to win championships. This should be a championship-driven program. Luke Fickle said yesterday, our one goal, our one objective, championships. Now that's kind of open-ended, as he said, it's kind of open-ended. Well, there's a good thing the Big Ten West is still in existence next season. So, you, so it's championships. <laughs> so if their goals are championships and those are their expectations, why should we have any lower expectations for them than they have for themselves? Like it's not. And, and again, what are they going to say? Oh, I'm, well, we're just hoping to finish in the middle of the pack, right? But no, it's winning big titles. You're paying. You're paying for titles at this point. You are paying and and putting the effort in financially to go and win titles, whether the Big Ten, and if you win a Big Ten title, you're likely going to be in the playoff. Even if you don't win the Big Ten title, you're going to be probably in the playoff when it goes to 12 teams, and you're in at least the top three. So it's win titles. And so it's it has to, it has to be a Big Ten title. That has to be the expectation. It's something that hasn't happened since 2012. Uh, it's something they've been close to. And Paul Chris got fired because they were not in being competitive for Big Ten titles anymore. That has to change, and, and Luke Fickle's being brought in to do that. So in my expectation, at some point in the next four or five years, a Big Ten title has to be it. I have four bullet points. Ooh, four of them. So there's, like, yes, I would. I, I think it would be great if Wisconsin won the Big Ten. I, I, I'm not talking about great. I don't care if they win the Big Ten. I'm saying the expectation, what's being put out there, what they have said and what they have put to, all together is win the Big Ten. I guess when I look at the next four years, if they don't win the Big Ten, I will not be calling for Luke Fickle's job. Well, he's going to be in Ohio State anyway, so it's okay. Well, that is a, a tough way to look at it. I'm kidding. Um, hopefully no. Ryan Day starts beating Michigan so we don't have to deal with that issue. Four, but like my four thoughts, because I wanted to go on and off the field here where it's not only just do they win this certain game a year. Like Ohio State's, their expectations are beat Michigan, win the Big Ten, go to the playoff try to win national titles. They obviously have not been beating Michigan recently for the last two seasons. But my four big thoughts of what our realistic expectations for Fickle should be. I think starting next season, perennial top 25 to 30 classes, maybe 20 to 30, I would figure it would start on the lower end and then go up. And then when we talk about a five-year window, one or two classes up there inside the top 20, where there, there are some peak recruiting years, that aren't close to top 10 by any means, but we have a strong base of talent uh, at Wisconsin. Number two, in the four years starting next season, finishing fifth or better in the Big Ten consistently. And it's tough because when they get rid of divisions, that's what I'm going to first be looking for. Yet, I, I guess all of these have to do with each other, where I think if they start bringing in top 25 classes and they have some strong portal additions and they get good OC stuff, yeah, they, they could easily get up to three or two and make a Big Ten title. I guess contend for Big Ten titles is where I'm at. Like I, I'm not going to sit here and say in, the ne- in his first four or five years he needs to start winning Big Ten titles. Well, I think contending for Big Ten titles is putting yourself in the conversation and, and like going and winning one. Yes, I, I guess for his first five like, years, what's contending to you? I would love them to look like Paul Chris' first five years. And getting there, and hopefully the ball bounces your way. I view Wisconsin my, my, winning yeah. Big Ten titles similar to, I think, how Ohio State fans view Ohio State winning the national title. 
they, I, I think they're realistic when it comes to winning the national title, where if you lose in the national title game, like, okay, it, it's tough to go through a gauntlet of Clemson and Clemson and Bama to do it. They are not very, uh, they don't forgive you for losing to Michigan. You know what I mean? Yeah. But they understand that if you're beating Michigan and winning the Big Ten and coming up a little short of national titles, like that's a pretty acceptable result at Ohio State, generally speaking. Again, I if you're going to be in contention for titles, which is, I guess, uh, what Chris McIntosh actually said, is we want to be contending for, for championships, then that would make sense. But I also think you're putting this effort in to win it. And if you don't win it, then I think it's going to be a disappointment. And I'm not, that's just what it is. And I know it's getting tougher. It's going to get tougher. But if you want to put yourself and say, we're going to play with the big boys, well, then you have to be disappointed when you don't go and win what big boys win. So when he speaks about contending for championships, though, I don't think he's talking about big 10 West. uh, No, nor do I. When the playoff expands in two, three years, could making the playoff as a nine, eight seed as like the season Penn state had this year. They're what ten and two with losses to great teams and a lot of solid wins and a lot of easy wins. They were never contending in the East really because they lost to Michigan and Ohio State, but that's still a really good season. I think they're up to like eighth in the college football playoff rankings. Like that would get you in the playoff going forward. Like that is what my expectation would be. Can Wisconsin have those peak ten and two, eleven and one years? And even if they're not in the Big Ten title, because they might be faced with some crazy good USC team or a crazy good Ohio State team, are you making the playoff then with that effort on your peak years? In other words, what they would have done in 2016, 2017, and 2019. Exactly. That's what I want to see from Luke Fickle. Like, that's Will what that I, be enough for people? I if, think if, it's, you have, if you have a 2018 thrown in there where you start in the top five in the country? Um, I, I think avoiding down years like that would be important, especially in today's age where it's easier to build rosters year to year and, and fill gaps. Let's say if you eliminate 2018 and just say three Big Ten title trips uh, in that format, but three of those peakish years, like three really good teams, three really good bowl games, and in the case of, you know, in the future, they would have made the playoff with those efforts. I just, I think that should be enough. I just can't watch that quarterback in again i can't do it i can't watch the what the the quarterback play that they got in those in that five years four years the the first four years yes not counting 2019 like offensively if it looks like that it'll be disappointing that's a good point they won because of their defense i think the path Jonathan taylor I, i think the path to reaching that is looks different and i trust that fickle knows do what we? do we because like, he obviously had Desmond Ritter, and it makes a lot it makes things a lot easier. So if he doesn't have that quarterback, well, it's a little bit easier to find that quarterback. Like, yes, is it though? Let's I mean, say what's, uh, I don't know if you noticed or not. Um, Wisconsin's had some struggles with quarterback. Well, that's because they haven't gone to the portal. Like, my whole point is there are options in the portal. There, yes, Kadan Slovis and. One of the other quarterbacks who's escaping me, uh, Jackson Dart, maybe didn't have the greatest season, but like they're really solid quarterbacks. They also weren't on the best teams this season. There are a lot of good options at that position in the portal, and I think Fickle is smart enough to prioritize that. And 
I focus on that. I focus on a guy with, maybe with some mobility. I don't think we'll see 2016 to 18 quarterback play again. I hope we don't because then about, they won't be winning anything. What about 20 to 22 quarterback play? Uh, I would hope we don't see that again as well. So you're only so you're hoping for 2019 from here on out. No, we're better than 2019. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, yeah. You could totally what get happened a, to that guy. You could totally get a better quarterback than Jack Cohn. However, you saw that you could win a lot with a guy like that too, if he's surrounded by good players. So, uh, and and like Fickle's offense, yes, he's you know, oh, build from the trenches, run the ball, all that hard nosed football. They also they run a lot of shotgun stuff. It's not just going to be the exact same offense, right? Like. It, it could be more dynamic generally if you get a quarterback in there. But you also need dynamic guys at tight end on the outside to make all that work. Because Wisconsin could get away for a while with just having a great line, a great running back, and then maybe like a, a couple solid receivers. One, when they have a really good one, like Cephas, you know, it sticks out as a big advantage. But it's not like they needed multiple guys there and, you know, the best tight end ever to go win games. Like you said, they play defense. And then they just run the ball. I mean, if you look at some of the skill guys, I mean, that were on those teams, Kendrick Pryor, Danny Davis, Jake Ferguson, Jonathan Taylor, all of them, and obviously Quintez, all of them in the NFL or right on the cusp of it. The only guy that isn't there, who is it that... It's the quarterback, right? I, I so, see where you're going with this, and it's wildly unnecessary. No, no. I'm not even talking about 2019 by itself. You're you're talking about uh, like the talent around the quarterback was fine. In those years, the quarterback play wasn't good enough. I'm not talking about 2019. I'm talking about 2016, 17, 18, specifically 17 and 18. Easily. It was there and they struggled. So, I mean, that it is, it it comes down to the quarterback. I don't like just like it does in the NFL. You have to have a difference maker quarterback and Wisconsin against good teams has not had that for uh, quite some time. And he has to be able to use his legs. I, I don't remember the last pure statue in the pocket to win anything in college football. No. I, like it doesn't include winning conference titles, I guess, because Cade McNamara won because they beat Iowa. But future Iowa Hawkeye. Uh, maybe he's now in the transfer portal. Speaking of quarterbacks, maybe they swap quarterbacks. No, but I mean, national titles, like Stetson Bennett last year, he can run around a bit. He can use his legs. All of the most successful teams in the country in recent memory have quarterbacks that are at least mobile because it adds so much to your team. Yeah. And I, I hope fickle realizes that. Oh, I think he does. I, I would assume he does. He's a smart guy. Now, obviously his quarterback this year was not much of that. Um, uh, not, not so much. Ben Bryant probably not running around too much. Their but. backup was only that. And boy, don't look up film of him throwing. <laughs> it's it's not pretty. Uh, film of him running is, is pretty cool. So, yeah, I I guess I'm, I'm trying to enter the fickle era, Zach, with high expectations because I see what the move is for, but also realistic ones where if five years from now, the team maybe makes one Big Ten title, has some peak years, but given the nature of college football, things don't fall directly their way. I, I'll be happy with that. And I, I'm not going to sit here and say if, if he does not win the Big Ten in his first six years, then I think they should go get a new coach. Um, you're not, you're not going to say that? No, I'm not. Okay. 
Because I think, as I've said, I think this is the perfect guy to lead a program like Wisconsin. I think we're really going to figure out what a program like Wisconsin's ceiling really is under him. Would you say Joe Burrow has the ability to take off and run a ton? A bit. It's not his forte. Okay. Maybe not similar to Stroud because Ohio State doesn't let him run. But you remember back in, in the LSU 2019 run, he was – he'd I'm move not, around I'm a asking. Bit. I, I – Again, I'm, I'm, yes. I remember the 2019 LSU Bama game, that that crazy one that LSU won. I remember him picking up big time runs uh, with his legs, big first downs. Okay. Um, so yeah, that He's, is the. Uh, I, I apologize. Yeah, he he can certainly move around. That is the uh, the beginning of the Luke Fickle era of Wisconsin. What is next for him as we look forward, Zach? He has to recruit his own roster as we go into the bowl game. And frankly, like we talked a lot about the importance of a bowl game for young players and for a program under one that looked like it was going to be under Leonard, the importance of that to him building and him going to the future. The fact that they're in a bowl game is massive for Luke Fickle and the transition period to him as head coach because like they're practicing for the next however long. It's not as if he comes in and the team isn't in a bowl game and he isn't able to be on the field with them and get a feel and, th- and things like that. It doesn't mean everything, but I think that's bigger than we think. Well, because it's it's not the older guys that are practicing. It's not the guys that have, have played a bunch that he probably can look at film and, and get you know information on. It's the guys that are the younger guys that we don't have film on, that we haven't seen in game action. He gets that opportunity these next few weeks. Along with, obviously, the recruiting, hitting the ground recruiting. They have nine guys in their 2023 recruiting class right now. Um, I, I feel like... Considering the decommitments that have happened in Cincinnati, that's obviously mm. going to come into play. Um, you would expect at least a few of those guys, perhaps, perhaps, to end up at Wisconsin to kind of help bolster their class that is currently ranked 80th in the country. Um, and then obviously the transfer portal that gets uh, going next Monday. So a week from yesterday, that opens up. And a lot of Badgers going to be in there, but a lot of guys that the Badgers could bring in also. Yep, It's going to be a very interesting couple weeks and months. And we'll, we'll talk about all of it as those portal things happen. Give reactions. I'll, I'll throw out names of guys that I'm interested in as the offseason continues. Uh, I can't say I, I like certain people because they're not in the portal yet, and, and maybe they won't be, but we shall see. We'll definitely be covering what this team will look like next season throughout uh, the offseason. I, I guess my final thought on expectations for Fickle, Zach, I will also note, look at Oklahoma this year. They brought in a somewhat star defensive coordinator, Brent Venables from Clemson, and lost a lot of their good players to uh, Lincoln Riley and USC. But they're more of a blue blood than Wisconsin is. And different schedule, different circumstances to the higher and such. They went six and six. So let's not expect it to be super incredibly rosy from day one. And there's clearly a blueprint of Brian Kelly, Lincoln Riley, so many first-year coaches having success. So it's, it's out there, and it's attainable. It's possible. I, I don't want to hold him to the standard of next year this team needs to be a nine, eight-win team because in a lot of cases for first-year head coaches, it's not immediately amazing. I think it's worthwhile to at least uh, allow us to see what the roster looks like before we're talking about what their uh, True. record's going to be next year. Like, what's the title? If, if they're losing the type of talent that Oklahoma did, then, yes, it's going to be a, a really tough thing. We don't know who's going to be out. We think we know who's going to be out, but we also think that there's potential upgrades coming in. It could, it could be. A, well, let's let, 
let's let them roster build a little bit before we get to uh, decide whether it's going to be Brian Kelly and, and Lincoln Riley or, um, you know, Oklahoma. For sure. For sure. All right. The time has come, Zach. Uh, and again, we'll talk about Luke Fickle for months and months leading into next season I, for a very long time. So <laughs> don't think this is the last conversation about what the future of the program looks like. When we return, I have a couple of Mia Culpas to give. I thought uh, I thought best that I sit here and instead of reading a Twitter notes app for the people, that, the real ones that listen to this show, they'd want to hear it straight from the source. So we'll do that next. It's Kenny and Halperin. This is Kenny and Heilprin on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Network. All right. Welcome back in. It is Kenny and Heilprin. Again, we're live five to six at Monks on Thursday. Obviously, in this time slot every Tuesday. If you're listening to us, I figure you know that already, but if you're new to the show, welcome. You are about to hear something that uh, maybe you've been waiting on for a while. On. July 28th of this year, I did not think Purdue, the Purdue Moilmakers, had any chance at winning the Big Ten West. Here's a short clip from said discussion on our show from July 28th. Some cases are better than others, but there is a case for one of those five to win. I'm starting to get more and more down on Purdue's chances in that regard. But you, you are a lover of AOC. I am. I think Both he's the best quarterback in the division. And it goes on and on. But I said off air many times and probably on air too, that Purdue had quote, no chance to win the West. And uh, I, I offer a mea culpa to all. They won the West. However, looking back, when I think about my thought process of the take, when I think about uh, what led me to the season and my thought process surrounding all the teams, I wasn't wrong. I Purdue is representing the West in the Big Ten title. But, like, let's be honest here. Iowa let them in. Wisconsin let them in. Like, it, it wasn't Purdue, like, winning the West. You're talking it was, about they went to Illinois and beat Illinois. It was every other team losing the West. They beat Illinois. Ah, cool. They lost to Wisconsin. They beat Minnesota. They lost to Wisconsin. Uh. This whole thing starts from the trip back from Big Ten Media Days. We were listening to ESPN Radio, and Matt McGloin came on, and, and he was giving his picks for the East. He said, obviously, Ohio State. And then he said, Purdue. And you nearly flipped out. Like, I I almost drove off the because side of the road. Because he had a bad take, too. I almost drove off the side of the road. Like, Purdue? What? No way. Not a chance. Because Not a chance. No way going to happen. Oh, they, they have AOC. They're going to make it. They didn't make it because of AOC, Zach. He said they largely stunk in most of the big games this season. He said, they made it because of Devin Mockaby. He said, and and I believe you said they can't run the ball. And Brian Ferentz. Well, they couldn't run the ball until he started playing. Until they did start running the ball in like week six. Um, and I, Brian Ferentz. I think the biggest thing for him was uh, other teams taking a step back, namely Wisconsin and Iowa. Proved to be case. And Minnesota kind of choked. That should have been Minnesota's division. Purdue beat Minnesota. I know, but I think they were the best team on a down-to-down football basis. If that but makes you feel better. But they lost. Would they have lost without Chris Altman-Bell? Or or if Mo, Mo Ibrahim plays in that Purdue game? Uh, maybe they don't. Probably not. Yeah, so. Too bad. Congratulations to Purdue. Happy for you. Um, enjoy, that, enjoy that ass-kicking. We have one more year of the West. 
and I'm looking forward to it more than anything in my life. I bet you were looking forward to it a little bit more and you thought it was going to be Jim Leonard and there's going to be a whole lot of uh, carryover to next year. Oh, yeah, that's tough. I'm hoping that Fickle brings a lot of his Cincinnati guys, just like dudes that can help instantly. As I've said, next year, you look, you look at the schedule. More importantly, you're still in a division with some questionable teams. Only one quarterback is set to return, one significant quarterback, that being Ethan Kalik Manis. Are we sure that Tanner Morgan doesn't have another year? <laughs> uh, I would have to check on that. But it's it's wide open as it's ever been. So maybe Fickle can bring in some guys and, I don't know, Casey Thompson transfers from Nebraska? <laughs> That's the name I'm on, Zach. Uh, bring Casey Thompson to Wisconsin. Alex Padilla? Oh, uh, no. Give me into some, some shotgun misdirection spread stuff. Give, give me one more dynamic receiver. And one dynamic tight end. Put Casey Thompson in that offense. Now we're talking. Are you saving me a couple for USC for next week? Yeah, yeah, they haven't made the playoff yet. Okay. All right. Oh, yes. Um, and I, I'll be rooting like hell for Utah. <laughs> you know, that's right. Yeah. And TCU. Well, it um, is the physicality of Utah that kind of uh, did mess with them the first time. I love this sport, Zach. I do. There's nothing like this. In no other sport can you get excited for a transfer from your previous rival who just fired their disaster head coach and has been largely irrelevant for 25 years and now thinks they're great. Nebraska's a rival? Uh, Yeah, they play for the Freedom Trophy, (laughs) 100%. All right, that's Zach Heilprin. We'll, We'll be back after this. Wrap it up, Kenny and Heilprin. This is Kenny and Heilprin on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Network. All right, welcome back. Kenny and Heilprin out of here in, in about 20 seconds. Zach, we're tied in picks, and this is a little preview of what's to come on Thursday, live at Monks. We're 32-36-1. There's a week left, conference championship weekend. And if we're still tied, we're doing more things. Very much so. So listen then. Thanks for hanging around. Talk to you soon. See ya. Kenny and Heilprin, Thursdays from 6 to 7 and on demand at madcitysportszone.com.